Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Excess of Everything, a show about two girls and their excessive consumption of media. I'm Scarlett Curtis. And I'm oh, Grace I meant to tell him what I do. I am in bed. I'm a writer, but now I'm in bed. I'm also now a trained astrologer. I've revealed that to the public. I'll talk about that later. You're a trained astrologer and I'm Grace and I'm a COVID survivor. Thank you. Each week we check in to recap the latest episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and talk about everything we have been watching, consuming, loving, hating listening to um i've yeah i've been watching so much stuff so we've got a lot to talk about today (laughs) um can i just say this is a milestone in the podcast because i just recited that intro from memory well done i love it i love it every time it's different so we've got a big reveal about why we missed last week's episode exactly god we didn't even say um We didn't even say, I love that. Well, the big reveal was that I had to go into hiding because I had COVID and I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to go through the journey with my, with my fans. Like I wanted to do it really privately (laughs) and like recover and then reveal after I'd recovered that I had been suffering with COVID and I don't want any messages about it at all. Um, so I got COVID last week really badly and we were meant to record the podcast and I'd messaged you on, um, had I messaged you on the Wednesday being like, I think I have COVID. And then the next day I was like, yeah. I don't think I can record the podcast, Scarlett. Like I'm really fucking ill. And you were like, uh, I wasn't expecting us to record the fucking podcast. No, it was even funnier than that. You were like, on Wednesday, you were like, look, I think I've got COVID, but like, I'll be fine. I'll be ready to record tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, you're not, you're not going to be ready to record tomorrow. But I just replied like, yeah, great. And then the next day you were like, it's so weird. I really, I'm feeling a bit shit, but let's record on Friday. Like, let's just do it on Friday. And I was like, okay, sure. We obviously didn't record on Friday. You had COVID. I knew we weren't going to record. But I was so like, I'm not going to lie. Because I've never had it, and, like, I really genuinely thought I was, like, a superhuman. I was, like, it's mm. so funny, like, lived in this pandemic so long, have not been touched by it, you know, socialised loads since we've been allowed to, and even when we weren't. Um, and I've never got touched by it. And then last week I was, like, it's fine, it will last a day. Like, because the other mad thing is I am fully vaccinated. Still get vaccinated, guys. I could have probably been in hospital if I wasn't. Yeah. That's how bad I had it. Like, I think genuinely if I wasn't vaccinated. And Anna, one of my best friends, she's always said this she's always said grace if you got covid i know you'd get it really badly because i'm just like one of those people that like i just get very sick when i'm sick um you've also got asthma and i've got got asthma yeah exactly um but luckily it hasn't gone to my chest touch wood um but yeah so i got i got struck last week and the first few days it was like i'd been like run over by a car um and i just was so exhausted but in a weird way Scarlett like those days of the period of Covid were were the best because (laughs) I was so distracted by how ill I was that I couldn't think about anything else like it was when the symptoms went away and then I was like oh I've got six more fucking days in my flat on my own like unable to see people that's when I really lost my mind when I started to feel better I was just so desperate to feel really ill again. Cause like the two days when I was so ill, it was like obviously so peak, but I just lay on my sofa and watch TV and I had like, you know, when you're so ill that it's like, 
I don't have to do anything. Like, yeah. I literally have an excuse to, like, not even get up and get water. Like, I just lay there completely dormant. And then when I started to feel better, and it was the weekend, and it was, like, 500,000 degrees, I got so depressed and was just, like, desperate to get out of the house, desperate to distract myself, desperate to give my mum a hug. Um, so, yeah, it was it was peak. It was peak. But I'm over it. You survived. No, but that's always the case with illness. Like when you're properly, properly sick or properly... Oh, that's really amazing. Sorry, I had to move. No, it's fine. I'll start again. You set? But that's, I mean, that's always the case with illness. Like when you're properly, properly sick or properly, properly depressed all your body can do is stay alive and stay in bed. And so you don't actually get those like racing thoughts and boredom and like downward spiraling. But as soon as you feel a bit better, suddenly your brain goes like, why am I stuck in the house? What's going on? And that's, I find with me, that's also when I completely spiral. Well, exactly. I think it's that like when I was really ill last week, I I couldn't even hold my phone. It was so painful to like touch my phone. So like, I wasn't even like looking at Instagram or like thinking about reaching out to my ex-boyfriend or all of the shit that then came when I started to feel better. So the two days that I was bare ill, I was like, this is great. Like I'm not, I'm so ill. I can't even self-destruct in any way. It's physically impossible for me to fuck anything up right now. And then when I started to feel physically better, I was like, oh, this is a complete recipe for disaster for me because I was just like spiraling and thinking too much and, you know, yeah. bored. I was fucking bored. Well, you, I think you're amazing and you did actually deal with it incredibly. And we are, you know, for any international listeners, England is back in a terrible place. COVID-wise, once again. And, well, that's, um, what's, that's what was so mad. Like, on Sunday evening, like, I woke up on Monday and I was still so ill. And I looked on Instagram and all of these people that I know had, like, queued up to go to heaven and, like, other nightclubs. Yeah. And I was like, this feels really, really dark and fucked up. Like, it's very dark. And look, I can't chat. Like, I'm going to a festival this weekend. But it felt dark that I, like, having never had COVID in this whole period now managed to get it and the numbers are so astronomically bad but young people are being told that they can go clubbing yeah and it's just you know I think it's the most like gaslighty mad situation and the thing that I find really hard is like you know we've had very opposite covid experiences as we have Hi, Betty. <laughs> sorry my dog just came in the lens um We've had quite opposite COVID experiences. Like we have very opposite personalities. I have lived most of this time with my 94-year-old grandmother. So like my whole family's always been very careful. And what I find really hard is when I feel like I'm suddenly having to be the like bore among my family and friend group. Because, you know, when there are rules in place and everyone's following them and they feel like the right rules, you can just go along with the rules. But when the rules feel like they're putting everyone at risk, suddenly I have to become this like headmistress going and saying to all my brothers and my parents, like, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. I suddenly have to be really judgy. It's just, it's a horrible feeling that the government has placed the responsibility on the individual to protect themselves. Yeah, but what's what's actually really horrible is that I feel they're doing what they're doing now so that they can again, just like last year with the E-Out to help out, they can blame young people again. That's yeah, what I feel totally. really sad. Like all of those people that were like queuing up to go to clubs, I don't blame them. They're being told that they are allowed to do that. Oh, I don't blame anyone, but this is what I'm saying. Like I've got three young brothers. They have had the shittest 18 months. Like they have been such troopers. They've been incredible. They deserve everything. They're being told they're meant to do things. But realistically, we live with oh granny and I'm having to say like maybe don't you know and but it's just it's not anyone's fault except the government it's just we're yeah. in this horrible but situation young people when yeah, like when they have to have an inevitable another lockdown they will blame young people of course you know and if my brothers did go out and if someone here did get covid um everyone would blame my, them and it's like no blame yeah. the government because you know, they've been told that's what they're allowed. It's very tough. Sorry, I know it's so boring to talk about COVID, the, but... The thing I will say, right, so, like, having... like So, COVID, I've now lost all sense of smell, which mm. obviously, for me, is quite convenient because, you know, I'm really scared of bins and the fridge. So I can, like, open my bin, mm. 
I can open the fridge without gagging. I can change the bin. Um, I like, I don't feel really scared being in my kitchen because I'm like so scared usually of the bin. Um, so that is like amazing, but it's so, so weird. Not, I can't smell anything Scarlet. Like I could put my face in the toilet having just done a shit and I wouldn't be able to smell anything. Like it's so bizarre, but it's changed like, I was saying to my cousin, it's changed my taste in everything. So while I had COVID, I didn't watch any Love Island. I didn't watch any <laughs> reality TV. I just watched like detective thrillers, like European, like oh French God, and like, Danish. Like yeah, but but like that that is so not my vibe. No, it really isn't. Um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't like I couldn't watch any Love Island. It was like disgusting to me. It made me feel so sick while I was ill. It was like it was really weird. You've actually lost your sense of taste culturally. Yeah. Or no, I've gained my sense of taste because I've not been like listening to like really in-depth French podcasts. Um, I've been watching Lupin. I watched The White Lotus, which we will talk about. Like I've watched so yeah. much cool stuff, but it's been really weird. Like I haven't been able to watch any of my usual shit. Yeah, but I mean, I, I talk about this all the time. I think there are different shows for very specific times of day, moods, things that you're doing, periods yeah. of your life. And, you know, I went through a very depressed period where I could only watch murder shows. It was the only thing I could watch. And now I'm definitely in more of a reality TV place. But sh- you need to very you need to listen to what your body's asking for when it comes to TV. And like, well, that's really the thing, like... Because I think when I was so ill, like like I was saying, like I couldn't even hold my phone. I was just like, I want to actually watch something that I really have to concentrate yes. on. And that I'm actually, like, whereas like below deck, I would just have playing all day in the background and I'm not properly ever watching. I'm just like cleaning my house and like getting ready and shit. Whereas this is exactly. like, I really just wanted to like stare at the screen. That's why I loved stuff with subtitles. Because yeah. I was like, I can't even look away. When I was a teenager out of school and in pain I literally developed this like very intense schedule for what different tv shows were for different things so when I was in lots of pain yeah when I was in lots of pain I had to watch things that were very gripping very long series because it made me very panic to think that a series was going to end because I knew that my pain wasn't going to end so I had to know that there were like a million episodes to come because that could handle it and then when I was doing things like you know cleaning or doing some craft then it was like comedies if I was a bit you know if I was just talking to someone I'd have reality tv in the background it was just I had all different tv shows for all different moods yeah I love that it's very good to know that like and that's what like basically I've decided to start properly learning French again because um I just had this epiphany in COVID like in the last week of like I need to I need to do something just for me and I think French French makes me so happy speaking French makes me so happy but it's been so funny because now like I wake up and I start listening to this French podcast and like whenever I'm walking around the house and listening to this it's like basically the daily but for Le Mans Mm -hmm. and um that is so not me it's like a different me COVID has just you know changed me it's invasion of the body snatchers. You've never been like it's this. It's mad. Before. I know. Um, but I'm reading a spe- book as well. What? <laughs> I never read books. Um, speaking of, you just write books. You don't read them. That should be your yeah, Instagram I just bio. Read, the only book I've ever read is my own. <laughs> um, I'll start to finish anyway. I re- it's such a cliche, but like my realization of the last year has been trying to discover hobbies and habits that I have just for me and that I have that make me happy because I mean as we know from the first episode of this podcast I have an intense candy crush addiction and I can never not be doing something like I find it very hard to just sit but it that always just ended up being work or like a stupid video game and I think discover like for me I love drawing I'm not particularly good at it but I do it and you're so good at it what are you talking about no, but but it but it, what's amazing is it doesn't matter if I'm good at it. Like it's yeah. for me, and it makes me happy. And if I'm a bit low, it makes me not anxious. And for the time that I'm drawing, all my worried thoughts go away. And I think discovering something, anything that can like not be your work, but not be just like watching TV, is a yes, really exactly thing. exactly. And that's what I do think because not to be like like we're both sort of 
chronic like overworkers and like think yeah. that like if we're not working if we're not doing stuff every day that we're like shit basically and that's why like having something like that where it's like with the French thing I'm literally doing it because I love being in France and I love being able to like show off about the fact that I can speak French and I think mm. it's really fun and I'm good at it and my accent's so good um but I'm literally doing it because it's still like intellect it's still like stimulating a part of my brain but it's yeah. not for anything basically so, and we're so, so like we're, we're we're very like that we're, we're like even if it's a hobby I do need to be getting some element of satisfaction out of it yeah a hundred percent and you know I couldn't work for a, a few months at the end of last year because I was very very low but I decided to tra- train to become an astrologer I have no desire to be a professional astrologer I it's not something I ever thought was on my horizon my whole family thinks it's a very stupid hobby but it made me so happy to do this course and to make these charts and like it's just something that yeah you're exactly right it's a little bit intellectually stimulating and I don't even know if I believe in astrology but it makes me happy and it makes me feel interested and occupied and and you know like my brain's on but not too on um yeah think... it's that it's that your it, t- it turns your brain on in a different way which and you're not judging you yourself feel... because if I'm writing or if you're doing comedy we're going is this good enough am I as good as this person is this going to be good enough to take me to the top you know should I be changing careers and and I don't have that with the other things it's just like yeah. I, I don't need to be good at it you know Oh my god! Exactly. It's it's literally just like, I just think it's like really big dick energy to just have like random skills that no one knows about, and then you just suddenly yeah. drop it. Like, hi, I'm just an, a, a trained astrologer. Like, that's so cool. It's very spent, big dick energy. It is very big dick energy. I spent. I'm a trained astrologer, and I don't know if I believe in astrology. <laughs> um, <laughs> I to say this by the way, I I don't know if I believe that like our personalities are defined by the time we were born, but I love have it taking a moment to look at myself or look at the people I love and think about who they are and what makes you you and I love feeling I think so often we feel like everything everything good and everything bad about us is our fault like you know me and Grace grew up without religion like it all turns very inwards you blame yourself and I love having this one little thing where I'm like we are all magical we are all part of this universe and we all have good and bad qualities that make us who we are and it's not our Yeah, fault. So- but also I, I actually really like, um, you know, I did this personality test the other day that mm. was like um, helping you find out what type of what type of attachments you have in like all of mm. your relationships and there are four different types and I got the fearful avoidant one which is like, it really helped me because then they sent me this like whole summary of what it means and it's like, my life is defined by me constantly thinking people are going to leave me. So then I get like really attached because I'm so scared that they're going to go that I like sort of cling on to them and like get too close to them basically. And not too close, but it was just really interesting. I love shit like that. It's like, you're doing the work for me. You're helping me summarize things about my personality that then help me, even if it's not necessarily true, if it makes sense to me, I'm going to be like, yeah, I mean when do we ever take a moment in our lives to like think about who we are at our cause not about like what we did that day or what's making us tired or what's making us angry but like who am I at my core you know when I find out that I'm a Gemini sun and a Virgo rising it makes me think about the fact that I'm introverted and extroverted that I'm very obsessive like all those things are true and it if it's if if the stars are true or not it's given me a moment to think about those things and work on it and I think that's beautiful for anything yeah there's a bit in in last night's love island when uh what's the new tattoo girl called Abby it's not uh, it's not AJ but she looks like AJ yeah when she's like is his name Toby the one I hate she was like what's the star sign And and he goes oh do you really actually believe in that and he didn't even know and then someone else didn't know their star sign was it Kaz no, he did though. Fun. He knew he was, he knew he was a Pisces, he and it he was, was so funny because she goes, um, "God, I like you so much more now that I know you're a Pisces," and I have the exact same reaction to Pisces, and I think that is actually bad. Like, any, I love Pisces, and I once saw a con woman, um, spiritual healer in New York, who I later saw on a TV show, and turned out she was an interior designer, but she told me that I needed to fill my life with Pisces, and. Every time I find out someone's a Pisces, I'm like, I like you more. 
And I don't think they should be doing that in Love Island because Toby is not good. He is not good. I'm just oh Pisces, yeah, my ex was a Pisces. Um yeah, okay, yeah. Well, we'll talk about Love Island in a bit. I have got I just want to yeah. say just like now the COVID has left my body, I'm back in, just to let everybody know. It's oh, actually amazing. getting really good Your now. It's just come back. <laughs> my sense of taste has come back and I think it's starting to really pick up this season. I mean, let's talk about it now. I so normally I think normally in summers, my whole family watches Love Island. Everyone I know watches Love Island. It's very this very like social occasion. And this year, a lot of less people are watching Love Island. I think we've all watched a bit too much TV. I think, you know, it's a bit depressing when you're like stuck inside to watch people. So I'm watching it alone. And I realized the other day that I'm watching them like my Sims, like how I used to play Sims. Like I log on every evening. I find out where they're sitting. I find out who's been woohooing. I look at their like beards growing and their bodies changing. And it feels like Sims. Like I'm very attached to them. And I just want to know where they are and what they're doing. So I, yeah, I get that. And also it's jokes like with Sims. It's like every day they're probably getting more and more rich on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, motherload, motherload, motherload. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like every day. Um, I just am starting to think like the Toby Chloe situation is giving me a lot of life because they're clearly both really bugging out at the fact that yeah. they're really unpopular um, with the public and it's it's obviously going to her head you can tell and I'm really interested to see how that unfolds and I'm just loving that Kaz is now finally happy and got this fucking <laughs> dank guy Tyler is so fit he's huge um and she's finally like happy and he really clearly like genuinely likes her mm. and they Chloe and Toby are like unraveling at the seams I love it life. so much when he came in he was like yeah the only person I'm looking at is Kaz and I was like yes go for Kaz I love Kaz so much the so much Kaz and Liberty the the positivity in that woman should be bottled and sold. Like the fact she is still so happy when I, she wakes up in the morning, so excited. Like when this guy came in, she was like, yes. She was like screaming. Like she has had so much shit over the last few weeks. She should be in bed crying. And she's like, I'm so in awe of her. And Liberty, so, I love so, so much. Liberty feels like I love like Liberty a mom. so much. Liberty is the dream friend. Like she's, she's just the, dream the best. She's the best. When, like the bit last night when she was like wingmanning Kaz and then Kaz was like, can you go now? And she was like, yeah, of course. Like that is what you always want. Someone to just back you like that. But Liberty did the same thing for Faye when um Teddy came in. Liberty went up to uh, Teddy and she was like, so just so you know, Faye's the best person you've ever met in your entire life. And like, I actually think what you're looking for in a woman is Faye. And um, oh. yeah, so Faye, Faye, I think you should love oh. Faye and marry. It was just so sweet. Um, something, I mean, all the boys in this season are horrific and it's definitely a different season than other seasons. Like they're much more aware of the money they're going to make. They're much more aware of the public's view. Did you watch the episode? So you were saying Chloe's bugging out. Did you watch the episode where they found out they were the least favorite couple? I don't think I did. No. So this is, it's important context for you because a few weeks ago, um, Toby uh Toby and Chloe were voted least compatible couple and Chloe was very chill she was like look I know we're compatible I don't care what the public thinks and Toby freaked out like he didn't talk to her for 24 hours he was like maybe we're not compatible maybe we're not compatible why does the public hate us like he had this complete hissy fit and she was actually really great in that moment and was like you're being a baby like why do you care what the public think that's really dodgy um but I just think that, I mean, he's just a nightmare. I think he's a child. He is such a child. He's so childish, honestly. Like, watching him last yeah. night, and also with that conversation he had with Kaz, when it's like he said, like, the rudest thing that you could ever say to someone. Like, that is genuinely yeah. someone who doesn't think about what they're saying and how other people feel. Like, it's quite astounding to watch, actually. Like, even in last night's episode with Chloe when she was like, I'm upset because you have aired me since these new girls came in. And he yeah. was just like, I don't get it. I don't get the problem. That would drive me mad. But what I, what I hate about him, and I do kind of hate him, is that he is 
one of those people that won't let people be angry at him because he's so obsessed with what the public thinks of him. So when he found, when you know, when Kaz put a pie in his face and he then he was like, wait, are you still angry at me? And she was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be nice to you. It's chill, but like you did hurt me. And he was like, no, I didn't. I didn't hurt you. What are you saying? I didn't hurt you. Forgive me. Like, I didn't hurt you. Yeah. And you can't tell someone they didn't hurt you. Like, it's the worst behavior. Let her be upset. She's the most grown-up, mature I woman know, we've he, ever had on the, Love Island. But this is what I mean, like, and this is what I'm really interested to see what happens with Chloe because I think what the reason probably that it didn't bug out Kaz as much as like we think it would is because she can definitely see all of this stuff. She can see like this person yeah. is just not worth it. Like he hasn't got the emotional, intellectual like capacity to like to ever be someone that I'll actually like so she Kaz took the high road and was like you know what I'm not gonna let him affect me but I'm also gonna call him out like if he ever does like chat shit to me and I think mm. Chloe's seeing that now that like he's a really 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 lame excuse for a person and he's not someone that anyone will waste time with so no, like I and also the public that. hate him <laughs> And the public came. But also that girl, the girl with the tattoo, and she was like, yeah, my two guys would be Chris Brown and uh Zac Oh, Esquire. my God, I know. Are you stuck in, like, fucking 2006? Like, what is wrong with you? But also, like, guys, so, like... In these times, to say Chris Brown, like, is so fucking wild. If you're a listener of this podcast, we don't like Chris Brown. Like... No, we no, don't like Chris Brown. No, everyone knows that. That's what's so weird when she said it. Like everyone on Twitter was being like, "In this economy, the fact that you yeah. would come on Love Island and say Chris Brown is the person that you would love to shag the most, like, what is wrong with you?" I also, I don't know what it is in me, but I have a real soft spot for Chloe. Like, I kind of think she's she is like a Cecily Strong character on SNL. Like, her voice is insane. Her demeanor is insane. She sounds like she's drunk at all times. She slurs no, no, all she, her words. She, no, no, no. She sounds like she's in a K-hole. Like, yeah. it's not even drunk. She sounds like the girl who's, like, in the toilet at the club but never leaves the toilet and is constantly yeah. pulling people into her, like, hole of doom. Like, that's like, how she talks. But at eight in the morning, she's like, I'm going to make a coffee because I yeah. really need a coffee. And I just want a coffee. And you're like, but also her accent, like, morphs, her accent morphs into really different things as well. Like one minute she'll be really posh. It's like a very extreme version of what my accent's like. Like yeah. one minute she'll be bare posh. And then suddenly she's like, and then I was like going down to Queen's Prison. And I was like, so fucking confused. Like it's so weird. And then she's suddenly oh, no. really posh again. But <laughs> I don't know why I just love her. I think she's very chill. I think she's very herself. I think she really doesn't give a fuck. And I also think we've had moments I think she's been really hurt by men like I think she's had really terrible relationships before and she's got a lot of trauma there but I'm rooting for her and I just want her to leave Toby I would love that I mean I would really love that you know who I'm so I'm rooting for Faye and Teddy I really love I really adore Faye and obviously Teddy is so fucking fit although it Um, is weird they are not putting Teddy on screen like Teddy has gotten two minutes of screen time since he came on I don't know what's going on but it's very odd like people keep saying this on Twitter like where's Teddy keeps trending because Teddy seems to go missing every episode that is weird I think what's I worry that what's gonna happen is like they're gonna try and stitch it up so that like he he does some shit in Casa Amor like I just have this feeling Wow, that he's yeah. gonna I don't know and like I adore Faye I'm rooting for so Faye I, really I love her. Faye I'm rooting I think Faye is the best like me and my friend were talking about this the other day like Faye is so difficult and I love that because like yeah. she is just like the only person in there that I genuinely can relate to in that me like too. she's very very argumentative like but also like no one kind of dislikes her for it because she's so real like the show would sink without Faye do you know how yeah. dead this season would be if she wasn't in it Without Faye and Liberty, I think. But also, I like yeah. Faye. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Like, I'm very difficult. And you're watching her do these things that self-sabotage. And I'm like, yes, I also self-sabotage myself all the time. Like, yeah. This is great to see. I'm rooting Faye. But I weirdly... like Teddy. Like... I do think um, Millie and the Welsh guy. What's his name? Oh, my God. I think they're going to win. They're properly Liam. in love. It's very sweet to they're watch. so cute. I just think Millie is, like, the coolest person ever, like... 
I want to be her friend because she's got the best advice. She's always like, whenever one of the girls is like in a crisis, she's really yeah. calming to talk to. She's really real, but she takes a piss. Like her and Liam, they just have such a balanced relationship. I'm spacking them so hard. She's a proper like cool girl as well. You know, when you meet those girls where you're like, you are just cool through and through. You are beautiful. You are stylish. You are a good friend. You're good in bed. Yeah. Like you have, I you're just- a sound person. One... Like she's yeah. just sound. She's good. Did you see the clip on Instagram where she did an impression of Lucinda? That, Lucinda. It's the funniest thing I've ever when they're seen. Both doing it, where her and Liam are doing it. It's like, no, yeah. oh my god, really? I mean, Lucinda's not my fave. There's a girl like this in every Love Island who's just like very focused on the men and very sort of knows they're really hot. She's just- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's not my fave, I'm not. Oh no! I, I'm. I mean, she's so hot. It's a joke. But like yeah, it's her, I, it, her the way she speaks does just bug me out. And also, I don't think she genuinely likes Aaron. Um, no, she just likes the attention, and she's yeah, just. I think yeah, very I think like she just wants to say. And can we just quickly yeah. talk about Hugo? Because like, no, I was gonna he, say I, I'm saving he, up the rant on Hugo. He bugs me out so much. Like last night, like. The tw- there are some people on Twitter that are just being so funny but like when it's like he had the audacity to not even like respond to that girl being like you're my type and he still had that fucking middle parting which we had the to middle parting episodes. he looked so clapped and then you have okay. the nerve to shut someone down who's finally saying that you're their type can I just say, I think I have authority on Hugo in this situation. And it's actually been making me so angry. I sometimes have to turn the TV off because I've only dated Hugos. I know Hugos. And what they do is they present themselves as this soft, sensitive, anxious boy that girls don't like. And they're, and everyone is like, oh, look at them. And then you start dating them and they're like, oh, I'm so sweet. I'm so nice. I'm so like nothing. And then all they actually want is to date models. They actually have the biggest egos of anyone. They are gaslighting you into thinking that they are nice and they are actually worse than any of the fuckboys. I would so much rather a proper fuckboy who's like, yeah, this is who I am. Deal with it. Than Hugo, who's like, I'm Hugo. I'm sensitive. I'm lovely. And then all he wants is a model. His standards are way too high. Like he's the worst of all of them. I think he hates women. Yes, like, they always do. I really it, genuinely it, think he hates women because I'm sorry. With all these boys, he, it's slightly incel vibes. It's like they have, they feel they've been wronged by women who want like men with abs that, and then they just resent women. And like, he clearly doesn't like the plastic surgery. I know they made too much of that, but it's like he's judgy and he thinks women are stupid. And I just, yeah. I hate him. I, but I also do think he's like got a curse. Like I think like whoever gets with him ends up leaving because he he and somehow he he's obviously one of those people. He's just like charming to the boys. The girls like him because he's like cute and like the closest thing they have to like a gay best friend in the villa. So like he they'll all try and keep him in, but he um, every girl he ever couples up with ends up leaving. So I just think he doesn't he doesn't have a curse. He has too high standards and doesn't like women. So every time someone tries to cover yeah. up with him, he decides he doesn't like them and then they go. Like, he's the worst. I know. Yeah, I, I know. really... Honestly, if it doesn't... If him and... What's her name? Georgina. Uh, if that doesn't happen, then I think he needs to be kicked out. He's just like a waste of time. It's like, you can't just be in there and just be chilling and not actually trying to meet people and not trying to, like... <laughs> Has he got on with anyone? No, but it's not even in there and chilling. It's in there and like judging and like fucking women. Yeah, but like Like, he's just in there and just he's he's there as a spectator basically, which like isn't fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you can't do it. Like the whole point of this show is to make yourself vulnerable and have a go, you know, like 
try mm. and and find something and and I actually do admire that about the show like I know everyone says that they all move too quickly but the show is called Love Island I like that they just go in and they're like right who wants to love me like this is who I am let's try and make love happen okay should we get on to Real Housewives we have two episodes to discuss um it's really getting juicy now I am um, I thought these last two episodes were fascinating yeah, it's true. I think the build-up with the Erica stuff, it took ages. But uh, especially the, this week's episode, it's just she she's, like, really unravelling. And and just want to say, like, to, to go against what I've said before, I do not think she knew now. Like, now, yeah. having seen her in the state that she's in at this point, I genuinely do not think she knew. Um, it's so fucked. I feel so sad for her. Yeah, I mean, something I find very interesting is like, you know, we all watch these shows which are about the wives of very rich, very powerful men. And it's never been fully addressed before, like what that means in terms of gender, in terms of power dynamics. And right now we are watching a woman who has been taken from nothing to everything by a powerful man, made always made to feel like she was a trophy wife, like she was you know a somewhat a gold digger like she was just waiting there you know there's all these things that come with the wives of rich men we give them so little respect like it's not like that you know no one cry for them like they're, they're very fine but we don't give them respect like throughout history we think of these women as kind of the bottom of the barrel and we're watching someone deal with that and deal with the fact that the man she hooked her entire life to is a criminal and is terrible. And it's, I've never seen anything like this on TV before. But also that's the thing, and she does keep saying it. Um, she went from everyone sort of bitching at her for being this like gold digging trophy wife to now everyone <laughs> accusing her of being a criminal. And it's like, pick yeah. a side. Like either she is that, like she would have been completely ignorant to what was going on because she was yeah. just a gold digging trophy wife. Or she, you can't be both. So, like, the, the media can't just suddenly decide that actually, no, she must have been involved in it. And there's a bit in this episode where Dorit, like, in her VT, says that that's what happened with her. And she was like, husbands and wives don't know the ins and outs of what's going on in their, like, partner's businesses. Yeah. They don't. Like, why would Erica know about stuff that was going on from before Erica even got with Tom? especially these husbands and wives and and something I think has been amazing about Erica you know saying all this stuff and being very honest is the other women are starting to share little bits of their own unequal power dynamics you know there's a moment in this episode where Kathy Hilton says I never saw a bank account I never saw a statement I never knew where the money was coming from or where it was going you know there's no way Kyle knows much and also about the Lisa's. bit that, she, that when when Kathy was like if my husband came in and asked me to sign 50 documents I wouldn't read yes. any of the blueprint in the documents I'd just sign them because you trust yeah, them because you because you do and marriage you know we think of marriage as a happy ever after like romantic thing marriage is a legal contract and a lot of people get into marriages to have someone there to share the blame you know there are all these rules they're in America I don't know if they're here where like a wife can't testify against a husband in court like it's it's a legal partnership and and these women so often go into that without really knowing what they're getting into and and you know there's no way that Kyle knows much about Mauricio's real estate business there's no way that Dorit knows anything about PK's dodgy life like I think I think Lisa and Harry Hamlin are very equal in terms of how much they make and how much they you know contribute so they do seem like they have a much more equal relationship but it's really cool because Erica's situation is shining this new light on this show which is like it's a show about women who are not in control of their lives and are defined by the very powerful men that they are married to there's this bit um in this episode when they're at Carl's house in Palm Springs and um Erica's talking about how she turned the heating on her pool for like three days and then she saw the bill and it's fucking expensive like heating a pool is so expensive but she hadn't realized that when she was like you know doing the finances at Tom's house and that's when I was like this is bare real like you're suddenly coming back to reality and you haven't had to check bills and you haven't had to like really think about money for such a long time and now like you know I believe her when she's saying she she's got nothing from him he's probably trying to rob her dry now yeah 
I think he's probably trying to take her Erica, Erica Jane money in the divorce. But yeah. something else that I love is like I do think Erica's going to be fine. Like she's a hustler. She was a single mom and a stripper. There's no one more powerful than a single mom or a stripper. Like she, you know, she made it work before. And I think that moment with the pool was this first glimpse of us seeing like, she's going to be okay. She's going to make this work for her. She's thrifty. She's clever. She just needed to be put back in control. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I love her and I actually think like she, but then in the bit, in the sort of like flash forward to what's going to happen this season, it does look like it's all going to get a bit dirty. And also that like Mauricio and PK are now are going to wade in with their opinions. Like get the fuck out of here. Did you see that bit? Yeah, but there's nothing people love more than to like bitch about other people's relationships, especially, you know, everyone. No, but I think it's more, I think it's different because I think the reason the men are going to get involved is because like men think they know everything about money and about all of this like criminal activity. Like men always think they know more than women. So I think there's that that's going to like contribute to like the beef that's going to happen. Totally. But, you know, we already know that PK's got a lot of dodgy businesses and a lot of dodgy going on. And I also think he's trying to throw everything on Tom. And when his stuff comes out, he'll be able to say, like, at least it wasn't as bad as Tom. At least I didn't rob a plane crash victim. Um, yeah. It's very interesting. But I thought, you know, we've if if even if you don't watch Real Housewives, these last two episodes have been a very interesting insight into the downfall of a very powerful man and what happens to his wife when that happens. Um, I mean, something else that is was wild in this last episode is the level of Sutton's trauma and frozen personality and like Sutton, basically Sutton, who has behaved terribly this whole season, suddenly started talking a lot more about her dad's suicide and um, her relationship with her mum and it just to me it became and this might be wrong but it became very clear that she is just like we've always we've all the last few episodes we've been like why is Sutton so weird and what's going on and I think she's just deeply traumatized and I think she is basically frozen in childhood like she's a child she has the emotion well that's what was so weird like I Scarlett I didn't know she had children and then in the last episode not this week when you meet her daughter and her daughter was like so sweet, but clearly like the most sheltered person because Sutton mm. like is so scared of her growing up. And when Lisa Rin is like, you should hang out with Amelia and Sutton, you can see like flashing red lights in Sutton's eyes. She's like, I'm not going to let her hang out with that 19 year old whore. You know, Sutton's like clearly like got some serious issues that are now manifesting in like how she raises her children and how she views other people as parents. Totally. And and I also think, you know, me and you went through hugely traumatic situations when we were kids, but we had the like, at least by now a days, we have the ability to have therapy and we have families that are open and talk about mental health and everything. And Sutton is the most Southern woman. Like, it's very clear. You know, she says that when her dad took his own life, um, her mum was angry and then they never talked about it again because Christmas was ruined. And it's like, it's very clear. She's never been allowed to process these things. And I think she's very frozen and stuck in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I know, I thought it was interesting. There's the bit where like she was saying to Erica, like, I know how it feels for Christmas to be ruined because my dad shot himself two days before Christmas. And it was like a weird, awkward moment where I was just a bit like... I, I don't think it's what was happening, but, you know, when you feel like people are trying to, like, one-up each other. I don't know. There was That moment felt very weird yeah. for me. And I felt I, Erica I, seemed kind of jarred by it because Erica was like, okay, let me just – I don't know. Do you know what I mean? No, I really know what you mean. And I thought that for a minute too. But what I actually think happened is Sutton was desperate to talk about it. And I think mm. it wasn't the right time. But I think Sutton is screaming out for – therapy and for someone to like talk to her about her trauma and I think she saw this moment of open of sharing as a moment to say it and I actually felt very sorry for her of like this isn't the right moment to say that but you should be talking to people about this because that's a it's the worst thing you can go through you know yeah and she's clearly I mean I I hadn't seen that clip that they cut back to with her and her mum where her mum was like no I don't miss him that must really fuck her up. I mean, Sutton's clearly fucked up and we've all been able to see that. And that's why, like, I know that, like, Crystal is, like, a good housewife. But that is why I, I have been a bit put off by Crystal because I just think Crystal's really, like, started to, like, um, 
ir- um, rile her up when it's like, you yeah. know, when someone's like clearly losing their minds, then people like throw more shit into the fire to like make them bug out more. Like that is what I think Crystal has done. So that's what I did. Yeah, really and they're two, that. and they're two total opposite ends of the spectrum. Like Crystal's very in control. She has clearly really processed a lot of her trauma and her stuff, and she goes to a lot of therapy. And you know, she's very eloquent when she talks about emotional issues. And Sutton is just a raw nerve of a human being that is like spiraling out and it's just not a fair fight you know it's like putting a a genius with a two-year-old it's like you can't you can't do this it's like unfair to do that um there was a really good moment where erica's crying and they're all crying and then sutton goes let's have pancake cake that'll make everything better and um it's so weird and it's so mad but I also wrote down in my notes, I do love pancake cake. Have you ever had a pancake cake? What is it? Okay, so it's this, from what I, this is what I think it is. They didn't end up showing it, but there's this, there was this place called like Lady Me's in New York. And it's basically like a hundred very thin crepes that have icing in between each of them. And it makes a cake. And whenever I was sad in New York, I used to walk up to this place and get a slice of crepe cake. And it is truly incredible. Okay, wow. Because I couldn't really work it out. Like when they were eating it, I was like, "Doesn't look like a pancake." I was very confused. <laughs> also, I love um, the bit. Like, I, I just, I'm, you know, I think Caviar and has just been the best addition ever yeah. to this season. Like, I don't, I, I, I do think she like carries so much of it just because she's so weird. But there's like the bit when she comes and she's like trying to like get Kyle to like congratulate her for driving herself to Palm Springs. <laughs> And she like she was like she just clearly didn't get the reaction she wanted. She was like, "Carl, I drove myself all the way here by myself." And Carl was like, "Okay." And she was she looked really sad. She wanted Carl to be like, "Well done." I'll I'll never every day I wake up and I say, "Who is hunky dory?" Yeah, I know, who, and it's really funny because. My therapist the other day, she said, like, hunky-dory in a sentence. She was like, you know, everything's not going to just suddenly be hunky-dory. And I started cracking up. I just wanted to be like, who is hunky-dory, Miss Therapist? Who is hunky-dory? Who is he? Who is hunky-dory? Come on, tell me. Is it that? Is it the English lady? Is she a hunky-dory? Who is um, the English lady? Who is the... I think I've put some pieces together and the English lady... I'm calling her hunky-dory. It's hunky-dory. It's hunky dory. Um, I there was just also a great line where Lisa's talking about her and Harry talking about Scott Disick and Amelia, and she goes, "Harry just looked at me in bed the other night and said, how did Scott Disick get into our lives?'" <laughs> and it's just, I feel everyone that has ever come in contact with Scott Disick has at some point looked to the person next to them and gone. How did Scott Disick get into our lives? Because once he's in, he's in forever. I want to know more. Like, I want to know so much about, like, how much actual interaction Lisa and Harry have with Scott. There was a good bit with uh, Eow and, uh, what's her name, Delilah, in this episode, or in the last episode, when um, Rinna was like, Amelia was watching Love Island, and she was like, this guy is a male version of Delilah. They have to get together. That's so vibey. (laughs) But also, lest we forget, Eyal was horrific on Love Island. He was horrific. He was so, the worst. It was the worst. So I love that you're watching this terrible guy and being like, yeah, yeah like, that's me. You're like my sister. <laughs> and then the sister was like, yeah, I am that person. Um, yeah. Something else. Oh, if I was to invent my dream TV show of all time, like if I had a wish from a genie, what I would wish for is a 10-part series that was just Scott Disick in therapy. And us like actually finding out once and for all who the fuck he is what the fuck is going on and all the secrets of his life I would pay every penny I have for that show I know it's true because he's really interesting he's one of those people and I think (coughs) sorry I think we have an element I definitely have a touch of this where I'm so um like self-revealing and like you feel like I'm I'm telling you everything, but I'm actually telling you nothing, like, so much of the time, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I seem like someone who's just so open, and that's what Scott's kind of like. Like, in the Kardashians, we feel... He, we're, like, told that he's the only one who really is, like, showing his true emotions and, like, wearing his heart on his sleeve, and actually, you never really get what he wants or how he's actually feeling. It's all a con. 
No, but also, you know, he'll talk about his alcoholism and then go on to drink. Like he's just, he's exactly what you're saying. You know, he's very open about these issues, but he's not actually changing any of them. Like if anything, they're getting worse. But also you never really know what's actually going on. No. And I think a huge reason that Courtney is so reserved is because she has had to like cover up for this man's life for the last, you know, 15 years. Um, it's fascinating. Anyway, I think we we are gonna do a Kardashians episode. I know we've been teasing this, yeah, it's, it's, but it's ongoing. It's ongoing conversation. It's ongoing. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're gonna do it. And but for now, <laughs> Beverly Hills is getting good. <laughs> is getting good so it is getting really good now, and I feel like the next few episodes are gonna be really good. So. You know, I think one of the problems with this podcast is both of us have therapy on a Wednesday, and then we're both quite raw by the time we get to Thursday and then I'm always just like I feel that I have to go quite deep to talk about the Kardashians but let's do it next week a week a week is such a long time so like we always will say like next week we'll do Kardashians but then we have so much other stuff that we have to talk about because it's been a whole week and like Beverly Hills what else have you been watching I've been watching this week I watched the first two episodes of the new Gossip Girl which um I illegally streamed so please don't come for me but um I don't know I don't know how I feel I'm definitely going to keep watching it it's not great it's quite mad um it's very weird but it's also very nice to be back in the Gossip Girl world like I love Gossip Girl more than anything um the original so I don't know I'd love you to watch it because I think once it's on UK TV we should do a whole episode about it because it it's interesting what they've done they've made a lot of big choices um some of which I don't think have quite worked but um yeah I'm I'm down okay I'll watch it I mean it's it's on my list I Jack was saying that I should just wait till like there are quite a few episodes and then just like sit down and watch loads of them yeah and we should Um, wait till it's out in the UK because I think it's something a lot of people will be very interested in um I also watched a show called My Unorthodox Life, which came on Netflix and I just pressed play and then watched it while I was doing my emails. It's really, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's about Is this. Is it reality TV? It's reality TV, but it's very staged. Like it's very shiny. And um, it's about this woman who left an extremely, extremely orthodox Jewish community where she'd lived her whole life with her four kids. And all the kids have different relationships to their faith. Like one of the oldest daughter is still very, you know, still quite orthodox. And um, the youngest daughter is very wild. And it's it's interesting, but it's a, it's a bit too shiny and one dimensional. What, like, like um, sort of Bling Empire vibes? Like too dark? Yeah, or selling, yeah. selling Sunset. It's just a little bit like everything she's saying about being a woman leaving this community is fascinating but I'd almost rather just listen to her on a podcast like it's all a bit staged and they try and you know one of those things where like they formulate a lot of fun situations for them to be in and I don't know yeah it's not that that's not really for us like when when we're so used to like Love Island and like shit like that it's like I just want to watch you just exactly it's a stark contrast to Love Island like it's very um put together um so I know that like we, I have also been illegally streaming this and I know that people, you can illegally stream it if you want to. The White Lotus is so good. Like I have really good feelings about this TV show. I never, ever, ever laugh like out loud to stuff, like ever, especially when I'm on my own. And yesterday I was having to pause it. It's so fucking weird. The moment when Natasha Rothwell is doing whatever that, therapy is on Jennifer Coolidge and she starts being like to the vagina of your father like I was hysterical okay let me let me explain what this show is (laughs) so it's a new show on HBO called The White Lotus I think it'll be on Sky Atlantic very very soon um it's created by this guy called Mike White who I'm completely obsessed with anyway because he wrote School of Rock and he plays the 
best friend the, in School of yeah. Rock. You know, the like, yeah, you, you'll recognize him. Like, Google him, no, no, Mike I White. I him because I, I watched I'm not talking of to you. I'm talking to him. I'm talking to you. I know, listeners. but I'm talking back. We're having a conversation. I'm saying I, after watching it yesterday, then watched loads of interviews with him and know his whole yeah. fucking life story. Yeah, he's in School of Rock. No, but, but, but the, reason, the reason I'm obsessed with him is because he's this like billionaire writer, director, producer, actor who wrote School of Rock, then, you know, obviously made so much from that, made so much from this uh, School of Rock musical. I'm watching the show Survivor, which is this American reality show that I'm obsessed with where they plump 20 people on an island and they have to, they don't have a toilet, they don't have a toothbrush, they, have, they don't have food. Like it's a very extreme show. Mike White's on Survivor. Okay. What? It was Mike Do you mean? Yeah. So Mike White's life goal was to be on Survivor. If you win Survivor, you win a million pounds. Like no celebrity has ever been on Survivor. Like you go on Survivor to because you want a million pounds. He was like, I don't need the money, but I just want to be on Survivor. He it, he was so funny on it. He ended up getting to the final three. He was like, so I mean, everyone on it is really fit and really big because it's all about surviving. And Mike White's like tiny and scrawny. He'd never <laughs> won a challenge. I think he lost like 50 pounds while he was on the island. Um, but through his very good like socializing skills, he managed to get really far and manipulate everyone. And it was just so funny that like this guy was on Survivor honestly that I can't so recommend random. it enough so he wasn't on the celebrity one he was on the civilian no no one. no he was on the civilian one and no one recognized him for a while and then a few people recognized him and they were like where the fuck are you here like it was just so funny he did go quite uh-huh. mad like everyone on Survivor goes mad he cried like every single episode um he it was it's amazing but now he's made this show called The White Lotus which is about so what a it very is. So it's about a very rich, a very luxury hotel in Hawaii. And it's showing, and at the beginning you find out something bad has happened on this hotel. And then it flashes back three weeks and it's following sort of five different groups of guests that are staying on this island. And it cuts between them and the staff. And it's a lot about like race and gender and money. It's so funny. It's, it's so I'm loving funny. it. Like- the guy from Looking, you know, the, the Australian one who's, like, running the hotel. Yeah. Like, there are some bits, there's this bit at the beginning where he's talking to Jennifer Coolidge and she's, like, he's, like, McQuaid. Like, he's trying to say her Scottish surname and she's, like, it's actually McQuaid. It's, it's one syllable. And he's, like, McQuaid is two syllables. And she's, like, no, the second half is one syllable. And it's, like, the funniest thing ever. And also when the, um, the woman who's in training, give, like, suddenly goes into birth, into labor yeah. and he's like I thought she was just chunky I can't believe that she she's giving labor in front of me and I had no idea I feel so bad it is so no, funny it's like so funny and there's and it's just very like acute observations like there are these two really bitchy teenage girls who clearly think that they're like the richest, the cleverest, the hottest people at this resort and they're judging everyone in this resort. And then there's this woman that's just got married and she's talking to them and they're like shaming her and being horrible to her. And then she takes off her dress and she's got like the most banging body you've ever seen. It's that girl, Alexandria Daddario, who like all boys have a crush on. And both the teenage girls are like, oh, I know. fuck. Sydney it's Sweeney's such a good like, moment. oh shit. Yeah, because they've just taken yeah. this out for so much and then she's so dank. But that's such a niche, like, specific observation that, like, she trumps their meanness through her hotness. But also, it's but so also funny. the bit when they're like, did you meet him on Raya? And she's yeah. like, no, I didn't meet him on Raya. Like, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by the whole show. Like, it's I can't gonna, wait to watch the I whole know. thing. And Jennifer Coolidge is in it, who's just the best person of all the time best. ever. And Natasha and, Rothwell. Yeah, it's brilliant. Everyone, um, once it comes on, watch it. What the other thing, I know you don't want to watch this because you don't like watching stuff with subtitles, but um, Lupin, which is this French, like, it's with Omar Sy and he's just the best, but it's so, I've gotten so into it. I've been saving the last episode because I've only got one more um, and I'm going to finally watch it tonight. I'm going to, like, finish it, end of my COVID experience, but it is so good. It's so well done. It's about, it's based on these like French books about this professional burglar and it cuts between like now and this guy's childhood. But it's just, it's got some brilliant French acting. It makes Paris look amazing. Like he's just such a like cool, 
you know, it's like got that Peaky Blinders vibe of like the lead just gets away with absolutely everything, even mm. though like he's such a fucked person. Um, I couldn't recommend it more, and it's made me, you know, want to be fluent in French again. So, wow, um, great. Well, I I'm sorry we missed a week. Um, I love doing this. I hope you guys like listening to it. I know it's very rambly and you know not Random. planned, but that's what we like. Um, and I hope everyone's having an okay week. Remember, please remember that COVID is still a thing and that our government is fucked. And yeah, look after yourself. And drink loads of water and have loads of cold showers. Because also yes. remember, if you're like bugging out and feeling really weird, it is so hot. Like, I don't know what it's yeah. like in Suffolk Scar, but it is so hot in London. Like, it's really getting to a lot of people's heads. So do remember that. No, we're not, we're not used to it as a race of people. Like, we are English people who yeah. don't. It's gone on for too long. I thought a week, a week I could do, but it's really going on now. I know. It's almost like global warming's a thing. Um, (laughs) All right. Let's, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Rate, review and subscribe. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.